1: Hello, welcome to To Be A Terrier, Stephen Chicken here, joined down the line by David Hartrick. How's your day been, Dave?
2: Excellent. We've had some huge news today. Huge news, haven't we?
1: We certainly have, yeah. You, uh, you, you've you been to the dentist and, and everything's looking good.
2: No, I,
1: I think, let's not beat around the bush, the big news here
2: <laughs> is that there has been huge managerial news at Huddersfield Town and you're not on a day off. How do you feel <laughs> actually
1: working when something massive breaks? It's unusual. It's it's nice not to have to scramble back from a, a bowling alley or a hired van to to get to work. Yeah, it's. I mean, do we have to talk about Wigan?
2: Well, lesser performance, more a resignation. <laughs> so there, there we go. Right,
1: Neil Warnock is coming back in as Huddersfield Town's manager until the end of the season. He started on Thursday. Narciss Pelak will have the Stoke game on Wednesday evening. Uh, no one that couldn't be there for the, for the Stoke game. I'm sure he would have done if he, if he could have done. Um, but uh, it's it's this weekend against Birmingham. I mean, you and I, Dave, sometimes skew towards the hipster end of the scale. But I think we're both of a mind that this is exactly what the doctor ordered for Dysfield Town at this stage. I don't... Having watched that
2: Wigan game, I don't really know what else they could have done. Because... Like, I think we... Me and you both know there was a huge will within the club for Chicho to, to do well and potentially be the man going forward. And he still might be, who knows, going forward. But that performance, I think, showed you the mental state of the players and the the issues within that squad at the moment. Because I do... I do think the squad is short. I do think one or two attitudes have not been great. But I think also they, they're they just in a losing state of mind. They're just mentally, they just look shot. They look done. Mm. You know, you said on Saturday you were typing into your blog before that corner had even been taken that Wigan were going to score because you, you could just see it coming a mile off. So I think you have to they obviously reacted to that performance rather than the result in truth because you know there are ways you could have lost at Wigan where you would go do you know what we we're, we're still gonna have a little look at our options but it was it was the nature of the performance and you go if you if you see that and you are going to react to it you have to turn to someone like Neil warnock don't you
1: <laughs> yeah We need experience. Here's all the experience in the world. Yeah,
2: but not only that, you know, like in practical terms, you look at the options of the managers that are out there. Chris Wilder's got experience, but to be frank, he's not going to risk his reputation on potentially being a League One manager next year because he's got ambitions for higher than that, as we know. Sam Allardyce is going to cost you not only, you know, too much money, but he's going to cost you sort of mid-table Premier League money till the end of the season, which would be daft. Neil it was the, the, the sensible option, really, <laughs> the more you there think about it and the more you look at it.
1: There aren't many firefighter managers left these no. days, are there? Steve no. Bruce is the other one, and I think, mm. <laughs> I don't well, think it, that would
2: have. But, but even like that sort of next layer of proven championship hands, you know, Chris Hewton's yeah. just taken the Garner job. There's not, there's not loads of people twiddling their thumbs at the moment.
1: Yeah, he has come out of retirement to take the job. You sort of feel like it would have to be a Huddersfield Town somewhere that he'd enjoyed success before for him to make that decision. I think. I don't think Neil Warnock would have broken that retirement for sort of just anyone. But um, I think effective football is what Huddersfield Town need because they yeah. just haven't been at all effective. You know, as you say, yeah. the Wigan game was a great example. You know, they just kept getting stuck in midfield with, with Kamara and Hogg. They couldn't break the lines down. They didn't have any new ideas. And mentally, they just look short. I mean, it's it's never popular to say this, but I wrote in the conclusions I'm actually starting to feel sorry for the players at this stage because you can see the effort is there, but they just they don't have the ideas. They don't have the confidence. They don't have the quality in the side at the moment, um, the way that they're playing, that they are crying out for someone who they can look to and say, well, this guy has has done it before. This guy knows what he's talking about. We can follow this lead. And, you know, I know Neil Warnock has has been around the game for a very, very long time, 40-odd years he's been in management. But he has, to a certain degree, adapted to the needs of the game and and successfully. You know, you look at... He he got promoted automatically with Cardiff less than five years ago. Mm. He, He... he kept Middlesbrough up from a very dodgy position. They were only out of the bottom three on goal difference when he went in there in June 2020 with a few games with eight games left to play and four of their 13 wins that season came under his management. Mm-hmm. He's done a similar job at Rotherham. He's done a similar job at Crystal Palace and QPR. A safer pair of hands doesn't exist and obviously it's a delightful bonus for Huddersfield Town that he is a manager who the fans already know, already love, already took them to a promotion. And, I mean, speaking for myself here, to to put a glimpse behind the curtain, it's been... I was so down on Saturday after after that resort and the nature of it. Um, Just because it felt like there was... There was no fun left in this season. There was no... You know, there was nothing new to say. There was the results are bad, everything's pointing a certain direction, you don't know who you're going to get as manager, or, you know, as a journalist, I have slightly different priorities to the fans, but, you know, you want a bit of juicy quotes, a bit of inspiration, something different to write about, a different angle to talk about, and <laughs> one thing we do know about Neil warner whatever happens is we're going to have some fun along the way. Mm.
2: And it, you know, that... <sighs> It's kind of a no lose because you've got him till the end of the season. He's not like Town aren't going to start forming a long term strategy around having Neil Warnock as boss. He's just the, he's just the guy for right now, and there's there's no other way. Like you've got to have a bit of a helicopter view at Town at the moment. The takeover hasn't gone through. There are rumours swirling around. We don't know what's happening with the ownership. There seems to be a lot to resolve. the The squad are. Uh, just
1: before you move on to just to say when you say the takeover hasn't gone through you mean Dean buying from Phil that's been rumoured in autumn months don't you
2: I mean any takeover of any sort <laughs> because for all the rumours yeah. and everything else the simple truth is nothing has happened so people you know we we both get asked a lot of questions and the answer is nothing has happened so or at least
1: nothing has been announced that no, we can actually nothing, talk
2: about yeah yeah there's been nothing concrete whatsoever But I think you look at that squad, we've talked about the mental state of that squad and how uh, I just think they're in a losing mentality. There's no transfer window open. So all Town can do is appoint a bloke for the right now. That's literally their only option. And Neil Warnock is the bloke for right now, right in this situation. And they've gone out, they've got him. As I said, look, there are a lot of... (laughs) <laughs> there are a lot of if, buts and maybes the one, Neil Warnock can do a lot but the one thing he can't do is play as a 10 or up front on his own. Town have still got to find a way to score goals you know. and Neil Warnock isn't a, some sort of silver bullet that just comes in and mm-hmm. miraculously everything starts working. What he will do is get bodies into the box which is something me and you have decried Town being able to do under the last, in truth under the last four managers <laughs> If Walnut can be the man that finally gets down to get four bodies into the box regularly <laughs> for balls going in there, then credit to him. It's I, I just think it's like it's the only thing they could do right now to have a sensible go at trying to stave off relegation. And who knows, they still might go down. But I think the difference is they might go down fighting now rather than just... With a whimper, because they really were sinking without so much as a ripple in the in the championship pool. It was Saturday was was just frankly depressing. You know, it, as an analyst, there was nothing there to analyse other than, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know that you've drawn against Blackpool, you've you've lost to Wigan four games in a row. If you get a result, you get out of the bottom 3. Even a draw on Saturday would have got them out of the bottom 3. Uh, and they couldn't see it out. You know, they just as I say, just they 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 reach a certain point in games, about an hour in, where it just seems like they've put in all the mental effort they possibly can, put in all the mm. concentration they possibly can, just on being competitive and the teams that they are being competitive with the standard has dropped and dropped and dropped over the past few weeks to the point now where they went to the bottom side on Saturday afternoon and were mentally shot by the hour mark yeah um you know I know that there was there's mitigating well not mitigating factors there's other factors around that I think Seeing a player pick up an injury early on like Ollie Turton and potentially a serious injury, definitely looked like a serious injury. Um and then losing your goalkeeper as well. That one hopefully is, is more minor, um, Narcis Pelak thought at least. Obviously has an impact on a team. It definitely had an impact on the substitutions that that Narciss could make because he used two of them on those injuries plus he had to take knock off after the hour because he couldn't play a full 90 um but yeah the, it's not just the injuries you know the, this is enough of a pattern now where we can't say oh they just you know that 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 ruined the game for them can we the, the first half was very even it was two very poor sides going at it once again as as it has been for the past few games And I thought there was a... But Town had the better openings, at least. They didn't really do anything with them, but at least they had the better openings. Wigan didn't really give Thatchlec anything to do. And then second half Town actually had quite a decent spell and it looked like they might actually kick it up a gear. And they just... They didn't, you know, and and Wigan did. And Wigan won as a result of it. And you mentioned, you know, I I was typing goal into the live blog before that quarter went in, and that's not something I normally do. I'm not that kind of person, but I just... I saw that, that them lining up for that corner, and I thought this is going in, <laughs> and and I think the players did as well, to be honest. Mm. Um, and as you say, they need more fight, they need more resilience. Neil Warnock should give them that, and if they can't respond to him, with his track record, his experience, his ability to, you know to adapt to the modern game then no one's going to get it out of them and that is not as you say that is not the same as saying it's a guarantee of success but it really is the 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 safest pair of hands they could possibly have got Mm. I think you know when I said as well about having some fun I I do think that is important because Town have been on the road a lot recently. They've got another away game Wednesday night at Stoke, but after that, three of the next four are at the John Smith Stadium, and you just know that the atmosphere is going to be very, very different when we get to Bournock's first game in charge against Birmingham on Saturday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it just... It, it has given lots of people a lift. I think there are people of a certain generation who are absolutely overjoyed, and I think that's absolutely valid and fair enough. I, I, I think me and you are both of the viewpoint that not only is he the man for right now but he's probably there are certain individuals in that squad which he's going to be very beneficial for and and should be able to help directly for a couple of months and it feels like somebody who can get the atmosphere back it, one of the things that we were told and was clear from the press conferences on friday etc was that they're they were keen to sort of say how there had been a bit of a lift around the club and how the attitude was different and how things felt different, which was all great, but then they didn't back it up with any sort of performance. The minute they stepped over that white line, it, it was exactly the same because they're trapped in that, that mental bubble. Warnock won't allow that to happen, I wouldn't suggest. you know, he, Neil Warnock is the type of person who, if he thinks his first eleven are trapped in that state of mind. He he'll just completely change it, you know, he will do things slightly differently. It's let's be honest, he's not going to come in and, and completely revolutionise things, but I think there are tactical trends over his later years of management. So, you mm-hmm. know, he embraced the overlapping centre backs. Paddy McNair up at up up at borough when he was there was was doing it for him. He's not he's not quite the dinosaur that some people think he is. And I think there are obvious and clear tweaks at town. As I said, we're sort of semi-joking about the getting players in the box thing, but that is the single biggest thing. You can't score unless you've got players in scoring positions. And he is savvy enough and will command respect the minute he walks onto that training ground that people will do as he says, won't he? That's the big yeah. thing. And, yeah, I I think... Certainly the first five minutes when he walks out of that Birmingham game on Saturday, I think that ground's gonna feel
1: quite, quite electric, really. He knows what it takes. He'll already have an idea in mind of what it takes to go into a club and set the standards and make an impression straight away. Mm. He'll he'll know how to he'll have a clear idea of what he wants and he won't be shy about ripping it up and imposing it. And at this point, to be honest, as you say, with the takeover rumbling on, who knows what the plan is going forward? That they've got nothing to lose by just letting him no. go and do that. That's exactly yeah. what you hire him to do. Um, you know, just let let him go in and take up the firmament.
2: Yeah, if you're going to hire Warnock, let him be Warnock. But the other thing I wanted to say, Steve, is that he is 74 years old, but he's had a very long career in management, and there are when he's at your club he's the manager you love when he's at yes. other people's clubs he's quite easy to mock and I think what you got to understand is that part of the job when you get to a certain point is being able to communicate with, with these generations of players and I think there are yeah. some older coaches that that can't do it it sounds a trite point to make but like Neil Warnock has just done a sold out speaking tour he came to Huddersfield with it He's got another tour, I think, that's supposed to start in at the end of the season, actually, weirdly, in May, that is pretty much sold out. That is because people like to listen to him. People, you know, he, he can command a room of people. Harry Redknapp won I'm a Celebrity because he could speak to different generations of people and he was likeable. Warnock can do that. And without damning Mark Fotheringham... I would argue that it, what was fairly clear is one of the big things that Mark Fotheringham struggled with was communication with room of players, because you're not telling me that's how he wanted them to play or what he was wanting to get from them, and he was saying as much in his press conferences, so I think Warnock is very black and white, it's fair to say, but I think he will be able to get a team of young footballers to do what he wants in a fashion he wants, and... We'll see. But it's just such a massive task, Steve. I can't ignore the fact they got nine of the top ten left to play before the end of the season. Yeah. They are whilst they're not cut adrift, really it's three from four in the bottom. It's starting to look that way anyway. Um unless yeah. they can drag really drag somebody else down with them into that mire. So yeah, who knows? But yesterday it felt like they were doomed and they were definitely gonna be in League One today it feels like they might be in League 1 they might have a chance of getting out of this and that's a big psychological thing isn't it
1: yeah I think clarity has become a bit of a dirty word um, because of how Mark Fotheringham used it and yeah. the fact that he yeah. would use it after games where there was anything but clarity about what they were actually trying to do mm. but you know it's so important that the players have that um, and they know what their jobs are you know we we talked just last week after Fotheringham went about how the players this group of players don't at the moment look capable of doing a job and a half as they did under Corbran by any means no. um, and as you say Warnock is not a dinosaur but he he's adaptable he will know what it will take to if he, if he needs to make it back to basics simple jobs he will do that and he will do it as well as, as anybody yeah and, so
2: and the thing is, Steve, me and you, uh, I think it would be fair to say, me and you both think that a, a, a large dose of simplicity could actually go quite a long way at the moment in that dressing room and in that side.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. As I say, we've, we've got the Stoke game to get through first, but you wonder if that that just that appointment gives them a lift. Whether Neil Warnock will be on the phone to Narcissus saying, could you look at this? Can we try this? Um, I would be surprised if he wasn't, to be honest. I'd I be yeah. stunned if, if, if he just left Narcissus to his own devices. I'm sure mm. Narcissus will have his own ideas and ultimately he's going to be the one on the dugout, so he needs to be comfortable with what he's doing. But mm. I'm sure they'll get Neil Warnock's input on that a, a, ahead of him starting on, on Thursday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the big sort of depressing thing about Wigan for me was we didn't see anything different and perhaps we were a bit naive thinking with two days on the training pitch Narciss palak was going to get them we weren't you know we weren't expecting big things but we were expecting them to be at least a bit clearer on what they're doing on the ball and i think the idea was there you could see that they were playing it more sharply they were playing it quicker but they just couldn't get up the pitch other than by knocking sort of hopeful long balls and when they did get up the pitch you know there was a moment in that second half that I highlighted in the conclusions where Anthony Knockart sort of broke through the first line and then came up against the second line and was looking around for someone to play it short off, just a quick one-two to get around the corner. And there was no one there. And mm. he literally just sort of threw his arms out and was going, where are you, um, Delia Smith style. <laughs> and and um, I need my second man. And, you know, how many times did Joe Hungbo get up the wing and find he had no one to play it into? I think there were a couple of times where he did and he chose not to take it, but there were also plenty more times where he got up that flank and then there was nothing on for him, and that's a repeated pattern. These are simple, they should be simple things. You know, these are basic fundamentals of football. We're not asking them to go and play, you know, Marcelo Bielsa style, Pep Guardiola style, that they're just not doing the basics well enough at Mm. the moment and yeah, an experienced manager like Neil Warnock will know how to get them doing that, if anyone can.
2: Yeah Uh, you don't, like if you I mean it seems simple, but if you're playing Jonathan Hogg, I don't think you necessarily need to have a midfielder sat 10 yards to his right for instance, It's, it's things like that about, they need to look about how they progress the ball up the pitch and actually having options and we've talked about it on before on this pod like taking the stress out of every single chance they create because they just don't create enough of them and what was like what was really stark for me was how kind of apathetic a lot of town fans were about the result on saturday and yeah, how definitely. you know like i don't think the handball was a penalty but actually there's two angles of the knockout one where there's un- he undoubtedly has made a meal of it, but he also quite clearly gets a touch, you know, he quite clearly gets a touch. And there. Is- if town fans were more engaged, they would have been screaming about that one because I-, I genuinely think it was a pen. And the fact that everybody was just so, just more of the same, I think showed you how they needed to do something like this they needed to get that crowd re-engaged like you said you know and i think the wigan i as i said it like and i mean it it was genuinely more of a resignation than a performance for me they were just they just didn't do anything they didn't offer anything knockout shot is the only shot i can actually yeah. remember off the top of my head and he made a he he sold that as a narrow miss when really when you looked at it from that angle from behind it was about a foot and a half wide, so yeah I I it was just really depressing and honestly said I think it was really obvious Wigan were going to score and I think the thing for me was that Wigan like pound for pound I,
1: they're not a good side are they <laughs> no <laughs> not. It, it was but, two awful teams it was I I yeah. said I put in half time in, in the blog. Um, that it was like that Spider Man meme with the two Spider Mans, Spider Men, spiders, spiders Men, spiders Man, pointing at each other. Spider men um, Spider Man, the two Spider Men. comics wrong. <laughs> the two Spider Men pointing at each other, um, and it really was. They were mm. they were almost the same team uh, <laughs> playing each other there. So, and and that shouldn't be the way. You know, we're gonna bottom. No.
2: Yeah. All town needed to get something out of that game was more energy. But the reason they didn't have more energy is because they're just mentally shot. They're just mentally drained, in my honest opinion. Yeah. And that it, it does just sort of sap the life out of you when you feel First like First yards in the head, Dave. Well, it's a cliche, but I think it is. It know? is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the little things like a, you do get half a yard from a crowd, don't you? That's, that's the thing. It's... These are all the things that Town are missing, and these are all the things that you think, OK, like, Warner, I've no idea if he can get them out of, of this position, and, and it would arguably be one of his biggest triumphs if he could. But he can restore that sort of thing. He can get them fired up. He can get them fighting. He can get the crowd behind them and go in. And that can make a difference. You know, as I said, he can't play as a 10. <laughs> but he can you have to look at the things he does offer and i i was just i, I was like you I, but you were sort of really sort of down and depressed after that wigan game i was just a bit sad <laughs> it was just well that was just a bit sad and i like I, it was almost sort of call the season off sad if you know what i mean it was like we in fact let's let, let's be honest we had the relegation talk where it's you're trying to talk yourself into well, actually, if they get relegated, it might be the best thing that can happen. Get that wage bill sorted, r- upcycle the squad, get them going again, get the club energised again. And we're having that conversation because you just you go, oh yeah, right, they're definitely going down after <laughs> yeah, that game. It's, it's nonsense, let's A- be honest. It's absolute nonsense. But you're <laughs> trying it. You, the only person you're trying to convince in that conversation
1: is yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a little baby bird falling out of a nest on Saturday, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest waterslide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
1: Um, But, yeah, there were obviously chants quite loud and clear from the crowd as well. Uh, made their feelings clear about Lee Bromby. Um, we Want Bromby Out was ringing around the DW Stadium several times throughout that game. I know you have thoughts on this, Dave. I've mm. sort of did a piece on Sunday where I, I put forward the case for both the defence and the prosecution, and I'm I'm kind of torn on it because I, I think there are things you can use to defend Lee Bromby. Last season didn't happen by accident. I think if you're looking at one person who is most responsible for last season, I think he's probably neck and neck with Carlos Corbran mm-hmm. But there's also valid criticisms there. Um for the state that the town find themselves in now. Um, but I know that you have views on this. Well, I, I, just think,
2: I just think, you know, Dean Hoyle, Phil Hodgkinson and Dave Baldwin will be absolutely delighted that the whole problem with Huddersfield Town has been found and it wasn't them all along. It was Lee Bromby all along, like an episode of Scooby-Doo. I, I just... I think there's a real divorcing of the success of last season to just say, uh, okay, well, you know, he's the reason we're in this state. I I think there's a whole range of issues. I think Lee has done some, like, and I'm using his first name, I don't know him, I've shook his (laughs) hands a couple of times, that's it. But I think he's done some really good things at that club. I think he's done a hell of a lot of work that we know about, but that isn't evident on a first team pitch. You know, he's he's helped create a culture around the club in the academy teams and the B teams. He's been a huge part of the blueprint of, of what brought them that success last season. Mm-hmm. This season, I think, to just say it's all Brumby's fault when you've had this um, sort of ownership saga going on, when Dave Baldwin has come in in this sort of role that is... Perhaps not as defined as as you know anyone would like, really. But he's clearly sort of quite a different presence in that club to to those that Bromby has worked with before. I think that the uh, Carlos Corbera, the single biggest reason for this season being where we are right now, is still Carlos Corbera's exit and the way it happened. You know, like nobody particularly planning for it and walking out like that and. Nobody really knew how to react. Nobody was expecting it. And it really did chuck everything out of the window in the space of about two hours. And I, it's, it's difficult. I, I understand there are valid critis, criticisms of things that Lee Bromby has done or been involved in. But I would not also want to make the mistake of saying that everything that has gone wrong at that club can be laid squarely at the foot of one person because there has been a lot of people involved with a lot of decisions at that club who are mightily relieved that the crowd are singing Bromby out instead of their name and I thought your piece was brilliantly balanced and I basically agreed with every word. I I wouldn't sit here and mount some huge passionate defence that they must keep him but I think it would be very interesting to see lee bromby work with a proper budget because he's not mm-hmm. really had a budget to work with uh, i think people forget last season that summer you know they were they moved really early to get free signings in and did a little bit of horse trading etc it wasn't last season's success didn't come off the back of a 20 million pound summer <laughs> so yeah. i just uh, yeah as i said there are valid criticisms I would not defend appointing Danny Schofield as manager. But at the same time, I also understand the circumstances that it happened, as you do, and can see exactly why it happened. And we've discussed it on here. You know, it was always the succession plan. But unfortunately, they had to do it this summer, that summer, sorry, instead of potentially this summer or the one after, which is when they really wanted to do it and you know mark forcing was a disaster there's no point yeah, we can't yeah. we can't sugarcoat it it was a disaster but at the same time i think there are many people a i don't think it was just lee bromby's decision that and i know people keep coming back to his quote and keep using that as the stick to beat him with but i think there are other people involved <coughs> in that decision but also i complete i think there are a lot of directors of football or technical directors or whatever you want to call that position who would have looked at that town squad and how they had acted under Danny Schofield and how they were playing and how undercooked they were and thought, what we need to get in here is a progressive coach, but one who is also a huge disciplinarian and wants to really crack down on them and try and get them going. So I completely understand going for that personality type. It was a disaster, not dressing it up as anything else, but... So yeah, I I think as I said, my views on the matter are that I'm just I just don't agree that I mean if Lee Bromby walked out of the club tomorrow, I would say Townhands might <laughs> they might have got their man, but at the same time do they think that all the problems have just walked out the door because I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. And yeah, I I I think to just completely divorce him from the success last season when he was Extremely heavily involved in that building that side, extremely heavily involved in the day-to-day, when you could see from the Access All Areas videos how much that squad loved him, you know, we were chuckling about the Dwayne Holmes thing, he only signs his mates, etc. Yeah, I I just hope that if, if whatever happens next, I hope that the future is a bit kinder to Lee Bromby than the right now is.
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing the big black mark is the is Fotheringham, isn't it oh, fatheringham
2: and that single quote that single line you know judge me by this decision that that's that's the reality
1: yeah i think i think that was a mistake they should have gone for someone more experienced i think they they probably didn't i think they probably thought that they had um Got they, they had made a decision early enough that they could stick to their guns, stick to their philosophy, because I think, and this is something that, that some fans just aren't interested in, and mm-hmm. as we've said many times over the years, there probably isn't a reason why they should be, because <laughs> you just want your team to be successful, but Town have one of the smallest wage bills in the championship. The only way that they are going to have playoff finals like they have had two off in the previous five seasons, is by doing things differently. If they went for a safe pair of hands every time, if they appointed Neil Warnock every time, they would finish 20th every season based on their wage bill because wage bill is and always has been the single biggest predictor of success um, at, at any football club. It's not yeah. infallible. You can beat it, as Town did last year as they did in 2017, but the only way that they did that was by taking risks on Carlos Corbran, who was an up-and-coming young manager who was attainable because he was an up-and-coming young manager. Same with David Wagner. Yep. And there is an element with appointments like that of suck it and see. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, you could get a Carlos Corbran. You could get a Mark Fotheringham. And, you know, I don't want to slate Fotheringham because... God knows Carlos had his issues in his first season as well. Um, But, you know, it didn't work out. (sighs) But I think it is quite valid as well for fans to say, yes, but that wasn't the time to make Mm. that decision. Like 20th was an aspiration for us (laughs) Mm. at at the point that Danny Schofield went. Getting someone who was going to make us finish 20th actually would have been the right thing to do. And I think there is definitely validity in that. And... I think football. It's funny how, like, on a macro level, it it sometimes sort of mimics what happens in a game where big moments and big decisions are mm. massive, like disproportionately massive. You can, you know, you can you can do really well for years, but if you get a big decision like that wrong, it reflects very poorly on you. Yeah. Um, so, I I I think also there's been a slight
2: loss of perspective on Libra, me because. I genuinely saw a couple of people saying you need to go back and look at his other disastrous managerial appointments, like Jan Sievert. It was he like appoint Jan. Yeah. He was academy manager. He was academy manager, <laughs> 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 and I, I, think he's just become this lightning rod for. And as we keep saying, there are there some of the criticism is entirely valid, but he's just become this lightning rod for seemingly all criticism but, and uh, all problems at the club. And I just, I just don't get it.
1: Well, he's become the face, hasn't he? I think that's yeah. what it is. Like, Fotheringham's gone. Hoyle is going. Hodgkinson's going. Um, I don't think they know Baldwin well enough, and he's not been there long enough for them to put it at And he's door. not. And
2: he's not public enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, Bromby is the face that's been there for a long time, and he's the obvious person to to yell mm. to, to get out. Um, which, yeah, again... I, I do understand it. I do think it's, mm. to an extent, unfair though. In to quite a large extent, same as you, quite a large extent unfair, in, and does turn a blind eye to everything that went well. But it's also, you know, they're second from bottom, so it's hard to sort of <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ar- argue yeah. it too hard, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's it's he's responsible for the football side of the of things, and if we're going to give him credit for. Putting in that coaching infrastructure for bringing in Carlos Corbrand for overseeing that brilliant season last year, then he also has to take his medicine for, mm. you know, appointing Mark Fotheringham, appointing Danny Schofield, and and the position that they're in now. So, yeah, there you
2: go. Yeah, but I, as you said, I come back to the same point. Town have got to try to do things differently. So, yeah, there are other technical directors, directors of football, however you want to put it, who could come into that club. And they would be happy with 20th every season and that is what they're aiming for. And I think that aiming for a little bit more than that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it does require at Towns level, you know, altering things. But who knows what the future holds because, as I said, they could be working with different levels of budget shortly. Genuinely no idea. Please note that's no inside info, I'm just saying... We don't know what the ownership's going to be in 12 months and different owners will have different levels of investment, different ideas as to... I, I think what you've got to think about is that town need to sort of invest in the squad over the summer but also there's quite a lot of investment elsewhere in terms of who knows what's going to happen with the stadium going forward and the control of the stadium. We know we've been told there's sort of talks are perennially ongoing but that's got to be factored in. So uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again Steve. I come back to the same thing. The thing nobody ever talks about is running a football club whatever your level is. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really really difficult whether you're chairman or director of football because you're you're consistently judged by a very in a very public theatre and it's um yeah. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. It
1: is. But yeah, as I say, I know that everything we've just said in the last ten minutes, some people won't want to hear. Some people yeah, will strongly like no disagree interest. with us. <laughs> no, yeah, and again, fans are there to go That's and fine. watch good yeah, football and see the team win. <laughs> like
2: it's absolutely fine. You know, me, me and Steve have our own biases. You know, and we're yep. not, we're not even pretending to no. try and hide them.
1: Yeah, I, I think there is an element of expectations have been set so Mm. high like i think getting to playoff finals on town's budget is like is the exception not the norm like those should be exceptional seasons for town like and but again on the other hand other people would point at luton now and say well yeah but uh, they're fourth (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah but
2: the other thing i think the other thing about luton is that I've talked about my admiration for Luton and their recruitment model and how they do it, but one, they've had a little bit more investment, so they've been able to spend more money. So you can have a really clever recruitment model that is trying to find these diamonds, but you've also got to then be able to go and get them. You know, you you you've got to be you've got to spend your money in the right way. Steve is the thing. But then the other side of it is Luton have had a real run up at this. You know, it's not like a sort of overnight success. They've been building this since they were non-league. You know, when, when they got relegated out of the football league, they basically, it was essentially a complete root and branch review and rebuild from the first brick to the last. This isn't something that they've just come and thrown a load of money at or anything like that. And that requires patience and the thing is as football fans none of us are particularly patient because we don't want to be you know good football governance is not sexy <laughs> and we want sexy don't we that's that's the thing we want the days out at wembley we want the last minute winners we want to we want to be crying over our our local rivals but yeah, you know, there, there are models in the Championship and even in League One that I think you can look to and think, OK, well, there may be a different way to do things going forward. Who knows? Who knows? Sorry if anyone just heard my dog coming into the room and not only loudly snuffling her way across the room, but then farting as she sat in her bed really, really loudly. So apologies if that's picked up on the mic. Stinky. It's not great, Steve. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: It's not great. It's a bit tart. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap up so you can get out of the room?
2: Yeah, it's, it's slightly acidic in here. It's not, it's not good. Not good. What have you been feeding her? She well, she this is very boring. I mean, this is no longer a podcast. I don't know what <laughs> we're doing here. But Dog she cast. was she we went over to see my parents yesterday, so she basically spent the whole day following my mum round eating anything my mum ate. <laughs>
1: cool that's uh, always a, a recipe for disaster fun fun and games what's your musical recommendation for us today dave
2: if you i don't know if you're aware of it steve but there's quite a good website called spotify has lots mm. of music on there um i'm on there and i have a uh playlist that is every song from mortimer and whitehouse go fishing which is extremely gentle but it's just sort of perfect music to work by and i've been doing various things that it is just the sort of ultimate background playlist while you get things done that just keeps you nice and chilled out and keeps you going forward so yeah if you go onto spotify there's a couple of them who've done them but it's mortimer and white house go fishing every song or some of them are just called mortimer and white house go fishing
1: but just a very gentle way to spend a couple of hours, Steve. Lovely. I'm going to go thematic. Uh, I'm going to go for something that might have been coming in your ears when Town won the playoff final under Neil Warnock in 1995, and that's the Bends by Radiohead. Uh, I know they're not one of your favourites, Dave.
2: <sighs> I, do you know, I don't. I don't mind them. I've just. I've just never got into them like other people have. You know when people say it's the best album ever. Can't believe how good it is. I've worn out four CDs because I listened to it that much. I've just mm. never... I've just always listened to it and just gone, fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the Benz is... It's no okay computer, but I think it is the the indication of the band that, that they were going to become in the, the years that followed uh, massive improvement on their debut album. Uh, and always nice for a a bit of a nostalgia hit so the bend by radiohead hey steve stop being stop being a a creep uh uh see ya uh, yeah let's hope town aren't high and dry